podcast talking all things health technology and NHS IT. Welcome to Digital Health Unplugged. Hello everyone, it's Hannah Crouch here, editor at Digital Health, and welcome to a special episode of Unplugged, which has been brought to you in partnership with Oracle Cerner. Today's episode will feature James Bird from Imperial College Healthcare NHS Trust and Nicholas Ferran from London Northwest University Healthcare. Welcome both to Digital Health Unplugged. Could I ask you first to introduce yourself and what your role is? James, would you like to go first? Yeah, cheers, Hannah. Uh, so my name is James Bird. I'm the Chief Nurse Information Officer for Imperial College Healthcare NHS Trust, but also for Chelsea and Westminster NHS Foundation Trust and the Hillingland Hospital NHS Foundation Trust. I also have an additional role as the Deputy Director of Nursing at Imperial College as well. Perfect. Uh, and Nicholas, over to you. So I'm Nick Ferran. I'm Chief Clinical Information Officer at London Northwest University Healthcare NHS Trust. And uh, my background is that I'm an orthopaedic surgeon. Perfect. Thank you so much both. Um, now in this episode, we're going to be looking at how your two trusts um, share a domain and kind of the benefits associated with that. Now, for those listeners who kind of might not know how the, the two trusts have been working together or kind of don't know too much about it, could I ask you to outline first, you know, how how have you guys been sharing a domain and, you know, how exactly have you been working together? Um, James, I know you wanted to explain this one. Yeah, cheers. Huh? So, um, we started our certain journey in 2015 in Northwest London, um, and at that point, Imperial took the um, product live and we went live with Cerner. And um, we then carried on down that roadmap over the course of about four years. And four years later, we onboarded Chelsea and Westminster Trust onto our domain, um, literally just before we went into the pandemic in 2019. Um, we then took over the last couple of years a decision that actually all the acute providers in Northwest London would go onto the same domain. And so that's the same patient record, the same view inside Cerner when they're looking at it. And so to that end, in the next eight months, we're going to onboard London Northwest uh, NHS Trust, and then we're going to onboard Hillingdon Hospitals NHS Foundation Trust at the latter half of next year. So at the end of 2023, we will have all our acute trusts in Northwest London using one Cerner instance where there is one patient record for the entire 12 hospitals of Northwest London. Perfect. Thanks so much, James. Um, very, very well, well kind of explained. Um, Nicholas, was there something you wanted to add? Yeah, I'll just say that um, obviously what you therefore have is two trusts that are quite familiar with the system and mm. two trusts that have not been on the system before uh, joining that domain. Uh, we're joining it more or less at the same time. I think we have like a three month uh, split between us um, just for the logistics. Uh, so what we've got is two trusts collaborating to onboard, but mm. because we're joining this single instance, We've got to collaborate with the two existing trusts so that we line everything up in the same way. And the sort of idea behind that is if a patient was treated in any one of the four trusts, the experience for both the clinician and the patient hopefully should be the same. So we reduce variation and uh, improve collaboration. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I think that's key, Nick, isn't it? That the 
when actually we start down this journey, initially people could be quite wary of it, but actually mm -hmm. once you start the journey, actually you get you very quickly get to the position that clinicians can quickly agree on what actually good care looks like. And actually you get clinicians in a room together, uh, nurses, doctors, doesn't matter, but you get them all in a room together and actually everyone can have a sensible discussion and we actually usually find a way forward. And it means not only does the patient get the same experience, but the staff do. And actually staff experience is something that we really need to focus on in the NHS to ensure that we keep our staff, we don't get burnout. And actually as staff move around deaneries and we've got a Northwest London deanery, they'll use the same system the same way in every one of their hospitals during their training. So for nurses and doctors, as they move around, it's an amazing outcome that the experience will be the same. They'll come into their new trust on the first day and go, oh, I recognize this, I know exactly what I'm doing it will work the same place as their last trust yeah and and you know there's also the fact that these four trusts uh for those outside of the U uk system you know four trusts aren't just four hospitals my trust alone yeah, cool. has three hillingdon uh has two uh some of the others have three or four so you're talking about more than 10 hospitals that will be operating under this one system and part of the issue prior to us going on this journey was that patients move about that system for the various specialties uh, or sometimes just practicality because they live or work in a particular area if they fell over and injured themselves they might present at a hospital or a unit that's away from where they actually live um, they might move to a unit for a particular specialty or not and with different ways of working and disconnected records paper records that kind of thing the care for patients has been disjointed with us being now on one uniform electronic record. It really doesn't matter where a patient turns up. We should be able to see that record and deliver that care without delays, waiting for the bits of paper and communications to go back and forth. Yeah, I think the idea of um, being able to have a similar system across a number of trusts within an area, I think, is probably unheard of at the moment and, and definitely kind of a story I haven't heard when I spoke to, to a number of clinicians. So it sounds like a, a really interesting and probably much needed project, um, especially across London. Um, I mean, it's so not of... without its challenges, though. So let's, so let's, let's oh, be course, right. yeah. so, yes, the, <laughs> the good side is there, but let's <laughs> not say it's without its challenges. Um <laughs> Fair point, yeah, fair point indeed. Um, so kind of fast forwarding maybe sort of three years on from kind of the initial domain share between Imperial and Chelsea, um, and you're now kind of working on extending this collaboration with two additional trusts. So could you kind of outline what kind of the future holds and does kind of the showing that you're kind of working with additional trusts show that there is this need and desire to have that more kind of joined up approach? So I guess uh, as somebody joining, um, look, there's there's apprehension and there's hesitation when you propose the joined up approach uh, because in healthcare we get into our bubbles as clinicians and think that look the way I deliver care is the best way um, <laughs> and there is no other way or or the the other way is not as good and we're we're sometimes resistant to change. What we've had to do here is one accept a change, but then two collaborate with other teams and change to their way of working. Now they've already started that collaboration, Chelsea and Imperial, they already work similar ways and they've already gone through what we're now going through. So we have the benefit of their experience of two tr trusts joining um, to help us through this journey of us joining them. Um, 
what we found that was interesting is despite our hesitation and our worries so far, the collaborations tend to make sense because we all want to deliver the same quality care. And what I've noticed, and James might, might agree, is the organizations that exist and are live now, they've gone through changes. You know, we, we do change and we do improve, but I guess that change is incremental and held back by your manpower because you're actually delivering care. Us coming on as new eyes go, oh, but what about this? And why do we do this this way? And oh, can we have this? And can we have that? And we found some times when we can't have this or that because of logistical reasons and the practicalities, which what which James kind of started to allude to there. But what we also found was, oh, yeah, we wanted to do that, but we haven't had the time to do it. So, yes, let's do this now as a group mm -hmm. of four. And so we've given a bit of fresh air in certain areas mm -hmm. to drive change that was on the back burner, maybe. But now you've got four people putting in the effort rather than just two. And I think it's always, because I think you're right, Nick, and the, our domain plan has, I think I'm going to describe it as being in flux, as in what, uh, what we're able to deliver and when, pretty much since we went live with Chelsea, because actually we went straight from that into a pandemic, which obviously changed everything. And then yeah, we went straight from that into a let's onboard two new organisations. So actually once we've got to the other end of that in 2024, actually we're then in a position where we've not got we're not going to onboard any more clients or into the domain because we've got everybody on there and actually what we can then do is some really inventive stuff and some really quite nice stuff with our tech bringing all the partners with us there it's a and i don't know whether nick would agree with this but it was actually an interesting from the perspective of being on the other on the client on the side where we we've already got the domain and we're getting more people to join um Originally, I was just Imperial before we joined Chelsea, and that was a quite an apprehensive time. I'm not going to lie; it was it was you're you're exactly you're bridging that gap between two organisations, but the certain domain can only have one thing in it, so we need to agree, and that was quite a. We put a lot of governance around that. It was it actually turned out very well, and we've done really well, and we now collaborate really closely. But I think that experience has meant that those two trusts are now approaching the onboarding of London Northwest and Hillingdon in a very different way because it's actually like we know what we're going to be we know what this process is going to be we are aware at sometimes that how this makes us feel and we know what some antibodies we might experience are and we know where the pain points are likely to be so actually we go into it with much more open eyes than we probably did originally when we first brought two organizations together so mm. I think I mean Nick obviously wouldn't have experienced the Chelsea and Imperial join but having done that one and now doing this one i think actually it's a very different kettle of fish we, we are a little bit more mature in our joined up working and i think the icb ics is as an existence is a thing which has helped force that as well we've had to work together in a way we've we didn't do five years ago it just wasn't a thing five years ago now there is this integrated thing we're talking about an elective orthopedic center we wouldn't have even talked about that five years ago the trusts were in competition with each other for patients it's that's now gone in the world of an ICS. That's not a thing. We are here to deliver care to our population. So I think it's a very different space we find ourselves in. And yeah, totally feel that we feel, you know, here's these two, you know, trusts that are going, look, this is going to be OK. You're going to have these things. We went through this. It's going to be OK. Um, but also we have the two trusts that are joining now, as James said before, Trusts were in competition, 
you know, fighting for business for the share mm. of treating the health market. But here's two trusts now that are going through this experience together of going on board. And we've kind of buddied up and, and gone, oh, are you experiencing this? Ooh, you know, and, and we cover for each other because preparing to join a domain, I think, is slightly more challenging than just building your own incidence of SANA because there's all the technicalities of joining something that already exists. But doing that on your own, I think, is pretty tough. And having two trusts that can go, you know, if I can't make this meeting, this person can make this meeting. And I trust this team to make the decision if I'm not around because we're all on the same level. Um, and we're getting to the point now where in different specialties, so in surgery, we've now got a collaborative group that's now working across the four trusts and starting to make these decisions about what an op note should look like for four sets of trusts. And the the it really is bringing clinicians together, you know, where change is needed, um, which we never did on that level before. Um, so So... I think that, as James says, once we're on board and we embed going forward, we'll be able to collaborate in a way that, you know, hopefully will change not only how we work and, and so on, but the end user experience and hopefully also the patient experience and patient outcomes. That's really interesting. And I think um, it was really interesting for you, James, talking about how the impact of the ICBs and the ICSs have had kind of creating this more joined up approach um, and helping you guys kind of with this project. Um, obviously, very, very new, kind of only got statutory footing this year. So it's interesting to see the, the impact that it's having. But of course, with any sort of kind of joined up, you know, any form of joined up working, there's always going to have to be governance structures in place. So I was just wondering if you could kind of go into a bit more details about such structures and, and where they are joined up. Is it kind of through the board, um, you know, how how do you handle the governance side of things? I mean, governance is complicated um, and gets more complicated when there's four organisations, each has got yeah. their own unique governance. Um, but you're right, so so governance is essential and, and that was a lesson we learned early on in our journey when we joined Imperial and Chelsea together, was that actually having a robust governance structure where you could because effectively we've now got four orthopedic leads we've got four nursing directors i've got four medical directors how do you bring that all together so there is at the ics level an acute collaborative where it all feeds through through various stages of um process but even then you still go well actually there are competing ways of doing um we've got two different ways of doing sepsis for example different ways of doing pressure area care and effectively what we've always said was We'll bring the clinicians into a room and the clinicians have to agree is, is basically what we've said. You have mm -hmm. to come to an agreement. And if you can't agree and you're and you're maintaining that I can't do this and we have to do something different, you have to write a paper to the joint chief execs explaining why and the evidence why you must diverge the system. And thus far, no one's done that because actually there isn't evidence why we're doing a lot of things differently. So we did this when we went live with Chelsea and Imperial and said, look, there's seven miles between our organisations. There cannot be grossly different ways of doing things. And once you get clinicians in a room, as I've said, they can mostly agree what good care looks like. And then you're just doing the minutiae around the outside and going, would you like it to say this or this? You're like, OK, I don't I, like everything. There is a compromise. You go, well, actually, I don't mind about that, but on that one I do care about. So let's agree with that one for the London Northwest way. We'll do this one the Imperial way. That one could be the Chelsea way. And it's and as long as you're flexible like that, I think it works. And Nick's absolutely right. London Northwest have come on and gone. 
you've missed this and some of it is just we have genuinely missed it and we just completely have missed that something was not in the system and we just hadn't noticed or you're like oh yeah that's been on our back burner for years and we haven't got around to doing it and some of it quite embarrassingly has been on there for a number of years and we haven't got around to doing it, it just never got high enough on the list so it's a very it's, it's a useful collaboration but if you don't have the governance structure there i think you could end up with the wild west very quickly we went um Ooh, I think it must be 2017, 18, went to see some clients in the States with Cerna and they, um, it was Lafayette General, I don't know they won't mind me saying this, but they re-platformed. They basically didn't have the governance structure that was strong enough when they kept on boarding new organisations onto their domain and everybody was allowed to build whatever they want. And then five years later, they realised it was a complete mess. And so they basically had just to delete it and start again. And that's what we don't want to find ourselves in. That cannot be the way we move forward. So actually, the only way is a very tight governance structure. And look, we've got two sets of governance. We've got the change board, which is governing the live instance and any changes. And then as the two trusts that are onboarding, we're governing how that onboarding happens from our end and how we change our current structure to a digital structure um and what are the risks uh, and so on that that we will experience while the live sites governance is protecting the live the live instance when we all go live then we all focus on that change process that guides the live the one thing I'd say, you know, so James has given an experience there of people being allowed to do their own thing and break it. I think that, you know, that that can happen anywhere. So and and probably we've seen some tiny bits of that and we're having a change board that that monitors the change at least allows you to pick up which bit broke it and fix that um, is key. But the other thing is coming as a novice site onto an existing site is that we don't know yet how the system works so a lot of the things that we wanted to do or build or have when we collaborated and discussed with the live sites they they were able to reassure us that look in principle and in practice this is not how it actually works these are where these forms lead to this field goes nowhere so it doesn't matter if you have this or not because it doesn't go to this bit etc etc and and it's very hard in the abstract world to picture that and you have to take that live experience and i think that probably trust going live on their own would probably over engineer um or over ask and what we've been able to do is use the benefit of the sites that are live to know what's worth changing and what's worth not having so I mean, it's a really interesting reflection there because we did exactly what you just said when imperial went live we absolutely over engineered the system and then spent three years pulling stuff back out of it that we actually have never used since we went live under we think we're going to need this and everyone does it when they go live they think they're going to need it they build it all and you actually discover you don't need it and it just sits there dormant and we then end up removing it. So I suppose it's a very interesting that I, I think that's a very interesting reflection. You said we actually you, you can utilize that experience to then not have that learning curve, which is to your credit that actually you're able to use that experience rather than go, no, we must have. So my hat's off to London Northwest. Yeah, and we look, we've had to we've had to then be really careful about explaining that to clinicians because joining a domain the worry is that the first person on the domain is going to be the boss and the rest of us are going to have to accept the rules so when we get a no 
you know, there's that bit of a chip on your shoulder that you'd be worried about. But actually, we've got way more yeses than noes, and the noes have good value and good reason based on live experience. So yeah. we've not faced that chip that I think we had a year ago when we started the process is slowly fading away when people realize actually, okay, a lot of the things we asked for we've got because the other sites, you know, need the same things we need. Uh, when we got told no, it's for a good reason um, and it's been tried before or it's not necessary in practice, et cetera, et cetera. So that then reduces some of those antibodies on our side about joining something that exists and being the novices, you know? Yeah. And then um, I suppose, I guess, from from your two positions at your, your individual trust, you kind of have to almost sell the dream to others. So in terms of the benefits, because, you know, that's what usually people are looking for, boards and other you know clinical staff and staff members, they want to know what it means for them. So would you be able to outline, outline, sorry, what the actual benefits are for maybe patients and for colleagues as well in the NHS? So I could take that one as somebody's on a site that's half digital. So we're half paper, half digital. Um, and we'll probably go to, you know, mostly digital. There'll always be some little bits of paper here and there. Um, but what I think what we are trying to show staff are that some of the things in the status quo that you accept as failures don't have to happen. So clinics with patients turning up and the notes not being available uh, a patient who went to um, a vascular clinic last week and they've come to the orthopedic clinic now, but a letter's not been typed or not been put in the post, uh, you know, and therefore I can't make a decision. Um, those sort of things will go. There'll be safety uh, systems around prescribing. There'll be uh, sort of uh, decision-making tools around ordering and, and prescribing as well. And then for nurses and so on, there's, you know, potentially with uh, device integration, there's releasing time to care and so on. But the trade-off for that is you're going to have to learn a different way of working. For the patients, the, the benefits are going to be around, you know, hopefully safer care and hopefully the fact that they can move around this sector of hospitals and their care will be now completely joined up because clinicians will be able to see the record across the board. Um, and then I guess for the for the live sites, what's in it for them, I guess they, they have to deal with our patients come in with paper records and they're not accustomed to that anymore. So not having yeah. to put up with our paper coming up on your doorstep is probably a, a good thing. Um, uh -huh. And then, you know, more more hands to keep the system going and to improve the systems probably also useful. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd absolutely echo everything Nick's just, Nick's just said. I suppose from the patient's perspective, the patients often, so I'm an ED nurse by background, I still work clinically, and then when I'm sitting there triaging patients in ED and they're like, oh, you can, you, you know what I've got? And I'm like, well, I don't actually, because unfortunately you've come from somewhere out of sector and I can't see your record in the other trust. So, you're going to have to talk to me. They always—they already think we've got a completely joined-up record. It's—it's it's something they—they they get surprised when the answer is we haven't. So actually, it will start to make that more of a reality for the patient to go. No, actually, you do—you can see everything. It's all there. It's, you can see what I went to London Northwest with when I come into Imperial or vice versa. 
I think as we said we transfer people across the sector already and actually it makes those transfers much safer. Um, it allows us to do, to move patients and staff to meet um, resource demands or changes in flows that is, and that can be absolutely anything. So we were doing it and we actually started doing this during the pandemic when actually our ITU capacities were effectively started to get managed at a sector level to move patients to allow us to maximize the use of ITU beds. Um, and that sort of, I think, I think the pandemic, if I was being fair, was the thing that made us work more as an ICB. Prior to that, I think we were, pro if, if that hadn't have been the case, we probably would have ended up with two instances of Cerner. We'd have probably ended up with an inner and an outer London version. I was, I, it was where we were heading before the pandemic. Perfect, thanks both. I'm going to take you back uh, a few months, um, back at Digital Health Rewired, uh, where Dr Tim Ferris, who's the Director of Transformation uh, at NHS England, said that the one key thing that transforms care is for clinicians to be on the same instance of an, e an EHR, an electronic health record, um, everyone seeing the same data with no issues of interoperability. Um, I just wonder if you guys had any, any kind of reflections on this? Yes. I mean, <laughs> you can I share. Mean, uh, no, no, I said, yes, Tim is right. Um, because <laughs> he effectively, he's hit the nail on the head and we are about to be one of the few, I think we're going to be the only ICS where everyone is on a single patient instance of a record. I don't, I don't know of another ICS in the country which is going to have that. Yes, others will have different instances of CERNA maybe. Others will have, other areas in London have got instances of CERNA and EPIC in the same ICS. We are, we are, I think, still countrywide, the only one that's going to have everybody on one instance of one EPR. So if Tim is going to be proved right, and I've got no doubt for a second he is right, um, we're the ones who are going to really feel that benefit. You know, and I, I've seen, I guess, the goal beyond Fortress being on the same thing would be to have all the levels of care on the same thing. I, I've been on holiday to UAE and seen where the whole country, the whole medical system is on an instance of CERNA. So from GP into hospital, back out, regardless of which hospital or GP practice, everything is joined up, would be, you know, the kind of way forward in the future. Because even with us joined up, we're joining up the secondary care record. Um, there are links into the primary care record. But it would be nice to know what happened in the GP practice yesterday and for the GPs to know exactly what happened in the hospital today. Um, if we were ultimately joined up in that way as well, there'd be so much benefits for patients. But look, this step, as James said, is going to probably be unique in the UK. Uh, there are other ICSs where every single trust is on a different EPR. Um, and, and so they're all electronic, but not joined up. And I think that the collaboration there is, 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 you know, has less potential than what we're hopefully going to be able to do. And just kind of looking kind of on a final note, you know, this is one of the, the first of its kind in the UK, kind of this quad domain. Um, I suppose from both your perspectives, what lessons could you share with other organisations? Um, you know, what can they learn from you guys and what can they apply to their own visions and strategies? And kind of what advice would you give to others who might be thinking of doing the same things? As we mentioned, kind of ICS is a hopefully or going to become a bit more of a norm, you know, more joined up care. How would you what advice would you give and, and can you share kind of any lessons learned? I get, it's hard because we're not live yet, but <laughs> um, yeah. but look, I think 
one of the things is collaboration. If you're going to join up, you need to collaborate. And I think, as James said, you need to probably agree that your model for collaboration is lack of variation. Otherwise, if everybody just wants to do their own thing, joining up is going to be very difficult. Uh, the other thing that I've seen looking at this from the outside is how a robust change process um, is really important, not just to a live site, but when you're onboarding other sites, because, um, you know, at any point, one of your either live changes or the onboarding site changes could break the system and you need to be able to monitor and reset. Um, and then I guess from as a as a site coming onto this and doing this big join you've got to communicate you've got to communicate not only with your colleagues who are live but you've got to communicate with your own colleagues internally in your organization and set the expectations about what it's going to be like joining something that's already live i i've described it as trying to board a train but i don't know where the train is going to be next august and we think that in the next few months we'll know where the train is going to be next August. But even now, there's still changes going into the system. So I can't say exactly what it's going to be like. We'll come to a point where we know exactly where the train is going to be. And that could be um, unnerving for clinicians to not know exactly how everything's going to be well in advance. Uh, it's certainly unnerving as a team joining, but mm. we, we trust our implementation team and uh, we, we're holding our nerve, you know. Um, uh, James probably will have lessons learned from, you know, having Chelsea on board and, and having us coming on, but that's my experience as the person doing the joining. I, I love that analogy, Nick. I've never heard <laughs> like the train analogy, but it, you're absolutely right because the live sites have not stopped developing um, and we're going to keep developing because it's obviously care changes. Um, I mean, there's many different le lessons learned out of the last sort of seven years. Um, I think my only big one I'll take home to other organisations is the governance lesson. You, you've got to have that and if you've got to agree about when you're going to diverge. If you don't agree when you're going to diverge, that will be that will be the thing that that kills things. Um, so if you agree how on your process of divergence or you agree that primarily there will be no divergence, we're all going to do the same thing, then actually you can pretty much get everything else sorted. Um, everything else is doable after that. Perfect. Well, I think that's a, a really good point to kind of uh, wrap things up. So I would just like to thank James and Nicholas um, so much for appearing on Digital Health Unplugged. It's been great having you on and I think there's some really good discussions and uh, thanks for sharing what you guys have been up to. Um, I'm sure people are going to be really interested in kind of on the journey that you guys have been on. Um, but before we sign off, I uh, just wanted to say that we're always open to hearing from your podcast suggestions, whether it's a topic or a person you'd like to see featured on an episode. So please get in touch uh, at podcast at digitalhealth.net uh, if you have any ideas. Uh, that's enough from me other than to say thank you very much for listening thank you for listening to digital health unplugged we hope you enjoyed this episode for more follow us on spotify apple podcasts or your favorite podcast platform and to find out about our latest news and events head to our website, digitalhealth.net.